Welcome to the Care to Change podcast. We are grateful to have you join us. On today's episode, we are concluding our Mental Health Matters series with a conversation between April and our Director of Clinical Operations, Brittany Gibson, on helping the depressed brain. Thank you for being a part of this conversation as we hope to offer you practical solutions for positive change. Welcome back, everyone. This is April Bordeaux. As always, I'm so glad that you've chosen to spend this time with us. We are closing out the month of May. And during this month, we have focused the series on mental health matters and all about mental health. So far, Jared joined us and we talked about the brain and what's happening in the brain as it relates to mental health. We talked about addiction. We've talked about disturbing experiences or life experiences and trauma. And we've talked about anxiety and worry. And this week, our final week for this series is all about depression and what is happening in a brain that is depressed. And with us today is our Director of Clinical Operations, Brittany Gibson. She's no stranger to the podcast. Brittany, thank you so much for joining us. We're so glad you're here. Thank you for having me. And so let's just jump right in. Today, we're going to talk about what is depression. We've had other podcasts about this. So if you want to know other aspects of depression, I want to invite you to look at other podcasts related to depression that we have already released. And today, we're going to talk about just quickly what it is, but we really want to focus on what's happening in a brain that is experiencing depression, because we know that it's not as simple as just saying, get out of bed or just do something fun and then poof, everything goes away. So we want to spend today really talking about what it is, what's happening in the brain, what we can do to help a a depressed person, someone who's experiencing depression, and then also some unhelpful things that people often say. And then as always, want to close out with giving you some resources that can be helpful if you want to explore this topic further. So Let's jump right in. Brittany, give us a definition of depression. So um, depression is, in a general sense, just when you go for long periods of time with a lower mood, trouble sleeping, trouble eating, not really enjoying things that you used to, um, having trouble uh, with memory and cognitive abilities. Some people might discuss something called a brain fog where everything just kind of feels hazy. And so those are some of the symptoms that you can feel in your body um, and in your brain too when we talk about the brain fog um, if you're experiencing depression. These symptoms go on for an extended period of time, usually six months or more. Okay. So it's not if I'm experiencing that today, I woke up like this that I'm depressed. No, no. When we talk about things like clinical depression, and when we get into more about the brain, um, it is for an extended period of time. And it's a it's a low mood, most days, every day for six months or more. Okay. So that's one thing for our listeners to remember that it isn't just a day, something that happens in one day, Mm -hmm. that could be a function of you know, what we're eating, whether or not we're well rested, are we properly hydrated? Are we moving our bodies? Those kind of things that circumstances, right? So if something has just recently happened in our lives, that might be sad, or would be, uh, it might be grief that we're feeling and not necessarily depression. So Mm -hmm. first thing for people to know is that it's for an extended period of time. Yeah. 
So tell us what exactly is happening in a brain that is experiencing depression. So over the last um, probably 10, 15 plus years or so, we really have learned a lot more um, research wise to show that depression isn't just something that's in your head, that it is something that it's a change that your brain is going through. And so different types of um, MRIs and CAT scans and things like that, when you look at a normal brain versus a depressed brain, you can actually see differences in the brain development. And so when we're talking about a depressed brain, somebody who has had depression for six months or more, we know that um, your brain chemistry chemistry has actually changed during that time. And so your brain has actually gone through some shrinkage. And people who suffer from major depression release larger amounts of cortisol than the average person. And so what that means and the result of this long-term exposure, so again, we're talking six months or more, so long-term exposure of that increased cortisol different parts of the brain actually begin to start shrinking. And so this is where we can see in pictures the different types of the brain areas that have changed. Um, Include the hippocampus, the prefrontal cortex, um, as well as the thalamus and frontal cortex. And when you think about those different pieces of the brain, we're talking about um, memory loss. We're talking about cognitive delays and difficulties. We're talking about that brain fog. Uh, We're talking about low motor movement, things like that. And so the changes in the brain can actually depend on too the length of the depression. So if you're several years into a depressive episode, as well as the severity of it. And so when we talk about depression, we have different severity of symptoms, we can have mild, moderate or severe. And so depending on how strong you're experiencing those symptoms, really determines how much your brain has changed during your depressive episode. And this tells us exactly the reason why it's not as easy as just saying or willing yourself to get out of bed. Mm -hmm. Because there's so much that's happening that we can't see in the brain. And so here we are thinking, I ought to just get out of bed. I ought to just fill in the blank. And we need to do things to actually support our brain. So what are some helpful tools if someone is experiencing this? Or even if there's someone listening and they're like, it's not me, it's my spouse or it's my child or I'm concerned about my child. What are some things that we can actually do? So when we're talking about trying to work from a brain perspective, you know, we're thinking about, you know, the increased levels of cortisol and things like that that are in our brain. There are certain chemicals that our brain naturally makes that can be helpful in combating depression. Um, And especially if you've been experiencing depression, your brain has likely been deprived of these four chemicals for a long period of time. And so you want to do what you can to try to bring these chemicals, introduce them back into your brain, because what will happen is those chemicals will help you feel better. And so, you know, we talk about the four different types of chemicals, dopamine, that's considered the reward chemical. And so there's lots of different activities that you can do to kind of give yourself dopamine in your brain. And when you think about it from that perspective, okay, I need to go um, take care of myself. I need to go complete a task and feel productive, eating healthier food and and watching the type of um, 
you know, the type of junk food that I'm eating versus eating something that's going to nourish my body, Um, getting a massage, listening to music, sleeping, all of those are going to trigger dopamine release in your brain and are actually going to help you feel a lot better. All right, so that was dopamine. Another um, chemical that can help um, a depressed brain is oxytocin. And so that is considered the love hormone. Um, And these are chemicals that you can release that are going to help you feel more connected, that are going to to yourself and other people, as well as, again, kind of release those feel-good feelings. So playing with a dog, um, you know, we talk a lot about emotional support animals, companion animals, that's where they would come in holding a baby, um, having a hug that lasts for 15 seconds or more. And when you think about when you hug somebody and you take time to have it be longer than just a few seconds, your body kind of sinks into it. And that really helps you feel better, as well as giving compliments and practicing true gratitude. And so we talked in a previous podcast about gratitude. So I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that one on gratitude because there's a difference between saying, oh yeah, I'm just, I'm grateful for fill in the blank and actually truly allowing yourself to experience gratitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one would be serotonin. So this one is what we call the mood stabilizer chemical. Um, things like meditating, sun exposure, walking in nature, journaling and praying can all help release this chemical. This is why in the winter we can experience seasonal depression because we don't have as much exposure to the sun. And so sun exposure is really good for serotonin production. And then the last one is endorphins. Um, These are called the feel better hormone or the painkiller hormone. And so the endorphins are very helpful in, again, helping you feel good, helping combat some of those depressed symptoms such as laughing, exercising, strength training, singing, and enjoying dark chocolate. Um, Things like that. My absolute favorite. Right? It gives us a nice little, uh, um, like a gift in the endorphins. (laughs) So those are important, again, because it's helping you feel good. If you ever think about the last time you had a really good full belly laugh, Mm -hmm. like you enjoyed a good show or you had a funny moment with your friends, it feels good, right? Um, and that's because of the endorphins that are being um, sent through your body. Nice, nice. So what are some things that we can, we, what would be advisable to avoid doing or saying either to someone that's experiencing depression or even for ourselves? Uh, so some things that can be really unhelpful if someone's experiencing depression, I think you mentioned it earlier, is you know just getting up and um, you just need to get out of bed Mm -hmm. or um, just push yourself. You can do it. It's just getting out of bed. Things like, well, just go for a walk or just go exercise. And while those activities might be helpful, some for some people that experience depression, it takes a lot of effort and energy Mm -hmm. to get up out of bed. And that's because of the the brain shrinkage that has been happening and for the severity of their depression. Mm. So not to say just get out of bed. Mm -hmm. What else? So another one that can um, be harmful is expecting too much of yourself. So we know that treatment and getting better from depression ebbs and flows. And so you could have really good days and then days that where you take a step or two back. And so um, giving yourself grace, self-compassion as you're recovering, and that goes the same for your family member. If it's a family member that you're watching 
um, go through depression, giving them grace and self-compassion as well and encouraging them in that way because it is hard and there are ups and downs. And so uh, forward progress is forward progress. One step at a time um, makes a huge difference. Well, when we talk about trying to um, heal our brain from depression, there are things that we can do to help increase the neuroplasticity in our brain. And so that is just your brain's recovery from depression. So just because you've gone through depression doesn't mean that the shrinkage that's happened in your brain is permanent. There are lots of things that we can do to help heal the brain um, from going through um, a sense of trauma with the depression. So, you know, there's some um, experiential therapies that can be very helpful, such as music therapy, as well as art therapy mm. can be really helpful um, to help increase that neuroplasticity, as well as traveling, um, going and experiencing something new can help increase that as well. Playing video games, um, and we're talking about helpful video games, things that will teach you something new, um, you know, a, a card game or a word play game, mm-hmm. things like that, that can help that as well as learning a new language. And of course, exercise, there's a reason why we recommend yep. exercise. And that's because there's a lot of good healing properties from exercise in your brain and in your body. So if someone wanted to learn more about this or uh, really wants to help themselves or a loved one, what resources would you recommend? So a few resources I would recommend is um, Craig O'Shell's Winning the War in Your Mind, as well as his new book, The Power to Change. Um, Max Lucado, How Happiness Happens. Jenny Allen's Get Out of Your Head. And Sean Anker's The Happiness Advantage. Those are all fantastic books. Fantastic. Uh, I would add on there that Try Softer. Uh, as much as we recommend that, that one is a helpful one for someone who ex- is expecting a lot of themselves as mm-hmm. well. So fantastic. Well, thank you, Brittany, as always. I'm so glad that you've joined us. There is a lot more to this topic of depression, but our point today was just to really give listeners an overview of what's happening in the brain so that a lot of times we just look at behavior and and this was a perfect example of that. Be watching our social media this week. We'll include some overviews of what you just shared during the week. We'll also put the information in the show notes. If you are someone that's struggling or you have a loved one that you think, wow, it's been going on for a while or too long or it's been disruptive to life and you're like, I'm not really sure where to go, please call us. We have so many of our therapists who are well-trained in this topic of depression and can give practical solutions for you as a loved one or for you who is, who is, who have, if you are struggling with depression. So you don't need to, to walk this journey alone. Please reach out to us. It's really the reason why we're here. If you found this to be helpful, please like, share, follow, whatever it is that you're supposed to do with these podcasts. We want to make sure that people have resources between sessions and just really in case you're exploring the idea of reaching out, we want you to know that we're just regular people and wanting to help you so that you know that you don't have to struggle by yourself. As always, thank you for joining us. This has been a whole month, like I said, full of really helpful tools and practical tools related to mental health. We'll be kicking off a new series next week 
for the month of June. It's all about men and we'll have some special guests with us from outside of our staff, actually, who are going to be talking on the topic. So I'm excited to share those with you as well. And as always, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you again for joining us for this episode of the Care to Change podcast, where we offer you practical solutions for positive change. Check out the show notes below to see resources mentioned in today's episode. You can follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and YouTube to hear more about our conversation topics. If you have any questions from this episode or would like to hear more, please reach out to us on our care line at 317-979-7133 or email us at help at caretochange.org. We hope you found this episode helpful and invite you to join us for more of our podcast conversations.